Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. So here we are, the last of our four practices for unhurrying your life. Now that we've looked at silence and solitude, slowing and simplicity, I trust that you are gently floating through life, never rushing, enjoying one long, slow, blissful meander through the suburbs of serenity. Is that you? (laughs) Well, just in case uh, it's not, this morning we want to talk about Sabbath, the art of setting aside regular time for rest and worship. Sabbath is not synonymous with Sunday, so right now, I want to invite you to join me as we reimagine Sabbath together. You see, I'm concerned that sometimes we don't take Sabbath seriously enough, especially in our stream of church. I put loads of Bible passages in the church online platform notes section. And, but why not dig out your Bible right now and put one finger in each time that Moses shares the Ten Commandments? That's in uh, Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5, as we're going to look at these quite a lot. If severity of commandment is stipulated by word count, then you shall not murder gets four words. You shall not commit adultery gets five words. I'm struggling to count there. But the commandment about Sabbath gets nearly 20 times as much airtime. This is what Moses says in Exodus 20. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labour and do all of your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. This is a commandment. The keeping of the Sabbath is blessed. It's a holy day, not a holiday. And some of us don't take that, this command that seriously. And it's not just an Old Testament command. We see in the Gospels that Jesus's normal activity was to go into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and to teach. In fact, Sabbath is mentioned more than 50 times in the Gospels. So yeah, I'm concerned that in our culture, in our stream of church, sometimes we're not taking this idea of Sabbath seriously enough. But I'm also concerned that sometimes we might be taking Sabbath too seriously. (laughs) Hang on, Tim, surely that's a contradiction. Well, maybe it is. But the Sabbath was intended to help people, not to burden them. We are saved through grace by faith in Jesus not by our religious observance of anything, let alone the Sabbath. The Pharisees were this excessively strict branch of Judaism, very prominent in Jesus' time, and they had huge amounts of burden to the Sabbath in their religious code. They took it painfully, seriously. Spitting on the ground was forbidden for fear that your spit may dislodge some of the soil and that that might constitute ploughing. And if your house was on fire, you couldn't carry your clothes out whilst you run out of the house for fear that that might constitute carrying a burden. But you could wear as many clothes as you could fit on over the top of each other and then run out of your house like you're trying to sneak extra weight through the airport baggage allowance. These Pharisees, they even banned knots. And then they realised that you do actually need knots. So then they only banned knots that you couldn't untie with one hand on the Sabbath. They even criticised Jesus' disciples for picking a handful of corn as they walked through a field of practice which is actually encouraged in the Old Testament. Sabbath is a, is a gift that brings life, not a chore that drains life. 
Jesus repeatedly healed on the Sabbath, showed mercy on the Sabbath, chose to reveal himself as the Messiah on the Sabbath and declared himself Lord of the Sabbath, all of which were criticised at the time by the religious elite. So let's take Sabbath seriously, but let's not take it to the nth degree of religious excess. There's a happy middle ground to be found. After all, Jesus says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. Sabbath is not a religious contraption that sucks life, it gives life. In Mark 2, verse 27, Jesus addresses the Pharisees wonderfully by saying the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. What a great line. If right now you don't Sabbath at all, then hear this. The Sabbath was made for man. We need it. It was designed for us. It's a gift for us that God has chosen to give us. It's been weaved into the very fabric of our existence. And if right now you have a heavy religious approach to the Sabbath, then take heed of Jesus's words. Man was not made for the Sabbath. Your sole purpose in life is not to observe the Sabbath. There is a liberating and life-giving middle ground to be found. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So if we're going to take this command to Sabbath seriously, but not too seriously, what does that look like? What activities allowed? What's ruled out? Well, <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question. Instead, I'm going to suggest two overarching principles that are the very essence of Sabbath. So principle number one, Sabbath as rest. Ask yourself, does my plan for the Sabbath look restful? Has it struck you yet that God is infinite, meaning he's infinite in power, energy and time? He never needs to rest. But yet when he created the heavens and the earth and all that is in them, he then rested in order to give us an example to follow. You see, the word Sabbath actually comes from the Hebrew word Shabbat, which means to stop, time to stop. The resting that God modelled to us is just part of the natural order. This rhythm is life. Greta quoted a line from John Mark Homer in her morning prayers recently. It says this, God worked for six, rested for one. When we fight this work six days, Sabbath one day rhythm, we go against the grain of the universe. And to quote philosopher H.H. Farmer, if you go against the grain of the universe, you get splinters. This rhythm of work and rest seems to help us function more purposefully and energetically, living in the pattern God designed for us. God rested and we should rest too. And this rest isn't just about being sedentary, putting your feet up, doing some online shopping. No, this rest is far more rebellious and countercultural than that. You see, the world tells us, doesn't it, to constantly do more, more, more. But Sabbath rest means to cease not only from work itself, but also from the need to accomplish and be productive, from worry and tension, and from our efforts to be in control of our lives as if we were God. Sabbath rest is about saying that hard work is important to me, but it doesn't define me. Old Testament scholar Walter Brueggemann uh, took it this further, describing Sabbath as an act of resistance, an act of rebellion against Pharaoh and his empire, because Sabbath is anti-globalism, anti-capitalism, anti-materialism, because whilst these isms sound nice, they quickly make slaves out of the rich and the poor. Sabbath is a way to stay free and make sure you never get sucked back into slavery of endless consumption or worse, become the slave driver yourself. 
Imagine how liberating it must have been for the Israelites in exile to hear God command them to rest for one day each week, when for generations and generations they'd been slaves, working every day until they dropped. That is Sabbath as resistance. So if you're going to do Sabbath rest, what about a no phones day or no smartwatches day? What about a day with no internet shopping or browsing or a day with no social media, no work emails, no personal emails, no grocery shopping? Rest, rest, rest. So principle one, Sabbath as rest. And the second principle is this, Sabbath as worship. You see, the Ten Commandments describe the seventh day in various translations as a Sabbath to the Lord or set apart for the Lord, or dedicated to the Lord. The Sabbath isn't just a day for rest, it's also a day for worship, whole life orientation toward God. When I say Sabbath as worship, don't assume I mean singing Bethel songs all day whilst reading the Bible and doing intercessory prayer, although those things are really good stuff, but I mean worship in the wide, holistic sense of the word. Maybe it's time to expand your list of spiritual disciplines to include eating great food or drinking a bottle of wine with your friends over a long, lazy dinner or walking on the beach with your lover or your best friend. Anything to index your heart towards grateful recognition of God's reality and goodness. Let me say that again. Anything to index your heart towards grateful recognition of God's reality and goodness. Like a path through a forest. Sabbath creates a marker for us. So if we're lost, we can find our way back to our centre. And Sabbath as worship includes sacrificial worship. Part of Sabbath is about us, busy, important, successful us, choosing to give up a whole day of our precious time to waste beautifully in gratitude to God. Just like we give the first fruits of our money in an act of obedient and faith-building worship, so too we surrender a whole day of our week to just resting and worshipping because it's the least that God deserves, the first part of our time. And then we can surrender the idea that we're earning salvation and instead worship God safe in the knowledge that, like it says in Romans 8, 38, nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Nothing we can do or strive for can make him love us any more than he already does. And in the same vein, the second time Moses shares the Ten Commandments, In Deuteronomy 5, the reason behind the commandments has changed slightly. He now says, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God brought you out there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath. Part of our worship on the Sabbath is to spend time remembering, reflecting on and being grateful for the journey that God has already taken us on. Remembrance, gratitude and celebration is a big part of Sabbath worship. So if you're going to do Sabbath worship, take some time to practice silence and solitude, slowing and simplicity. Spend some time thanking God for his thankfulness. Go for a a long, slow walk in some beautiful countryside. And so what does Sabbath look like beyond rest and worship? What's in and what's out? Well, I'm sorry, but I'm still not going to answer that question. I'm not going to create my own Pharisaic religious code in order to judge you by. But I am going to encourage you to be regularly taking time to be intentional in rest and worship. And that means there are some grey areas that we need to discern our way through. Take me, for example. I'm a relatively keen runner. Could I do a 10 kilometre 
jog in some beautiful bit of creation? Yeah, sounds like a good Sabbath day activity to me. You might be thinking, gosh, a 10 kilometre run doesn't sound very restful, so perhaps that wouldn't be a great Sabbath day activity for you. And what about cooking? Are you an artisan baker who finds no better creative outlet than baking something delicious, slowly savouring every stage in the process? If so, cooking might be a great Sabbath activity for you. Or do you struggle to cook a pizza without burning it? Because if so, baking your first homemade sourdough loaf might not be such a restful or worshipful or, frankly, edifying experience. And when do we Sabbath? That's another grey area because traditionally it's Sunday, but that's tradition, not principle. What if you work shifts? What if you work for the church? It doesn't really matter because the principle's still there. You need regular time to rest and worship. And what about those of us with young kids? For us, Sunday has recently shifted to about an hour in front of the TV and our toddler still has a surprising ability to turn that into a stressful experience. Our six-month-old doesn't get the idea of long, lazy Sunday mornings in bed. But the principle's still there. We need to find regular time for rest and worship. And in life, I've, I've learned to come to love these grey areas, these do I, don't I, shall I, shan't I moments are really good because they force us into a relational dialogue and discernment process with Jesus. One man's Sabbath is another man's stress. There is no Pharisaic religious code anymore that details the minutia of what you can and cannot do on the Sabbath. Instead, you need to ask yourself, is it rest and is it worship? And then do you see how free and spacious and non-legalistic this becomes. You can do you. And so what if you're watching this talk because you're intrigued about faith and exploring church, but you wouldn't yet call yourself a Christian? Well, firstly, I want to tell you that Sabbath reveals the most beautiful part of God towards us, his created people. His heart for us is so great. He invented Sabbath for us because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. God wants you to thrive to be fully alive, to live with joy, thankfulness, peace and rest. He doesn't want you to burn out. He wants you to rest. He's for you. What a beautiful and intriguing and amazing God you could choose to follow. And what if you're watching this and you just feel nudged that the Sabbath has slipped off your radar too far? If that's you, then maybe take some time today to stop and think about how you can reorder your life around the principle of setting aside regular time for rest and worship and ask God to help you because there is a discipline to the Sabbath that's really hard for a lot of us. It takes a lot of intentionality. It won't just happen. It takes planning and preparation. It takes self-control, the capacity to say no to a list of really good things so that you can say yes to the best. But Sabbath is the primary discipline or practice by which we cultivate the spirit of restfulness in our lives as a whole. People who keep Sabbath live all seven days differently. So as we finish, I want to pause for a moment to pray for us and to read some scripture over you, if that's OK. So let's pray together wherever you are and whenever you're watching this. Let's pray. Our Father God, thank you that you created Sabbath as a gift for us to enjoy. Thank you that it reveals your heart of gracious, gentle generosity. Thank you that it shows us that you are for us, you care about us and you want us to thrive, to experience life in all of its fullness. 
God, stir our hearts to again to rediscover your rhythm for our lives. Give us the conviction to follow through on this. Help us keep Sabbath and then live all seven days differently. Help us to get free from the need to do more, get more and be more. Free from the restlessness that enslaves us and help us instead to feel the Holy Spirit restful and calm settle upon us. Come and have your way among us, we pray. Amen. Let me finish by reading over you some of the precious words of our Saviour Jesus. Perhaps wherever you are right now, you could hold your hands out in front of you in a posture of receiving to catch these words of Jesus and to carry them with you in your heart. I'll read these slowly so you can let these words sink into your soul. In Matthew 11, Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Or the same passage, but in the words of the message paraphrase, Jesus says this, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. God bless you. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk Thank you for listening.